Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning! It's time to wake up. It's five. We're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on! Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Steve Lightford did on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game, leading up until 6 o'clock as the morning roast will take you until 10. Boy, do we have some stuff to talk about today. First off, want to start with the Giants and their loss to the Brewers last night because even though they did lose 3-1, I actually came away from that game with a positive attitude, oddly. I'm not at the point where I'm saying the sky is falling, the sky is falling. I actually came away from that game feeling pretty good, and I'll get to why uh, that is in the first segment. Also want to talk about the 49ers as well because we did have an update uh, with Trey Lance regarding his finger, uh, and that was from Kyle Shanahan who spoke to the media yesterday. So we will get to that as well. That's what's going to be on the docket as the Final roster is going to be made with the 53-man, but I was very interested in what Kyle Shanahan had to say regarding how he looks at the 53-man roster. So we'll get to all of that as I will have my finalized 53-man roster down, even though it's probably the same as a lot of you. Uh, But good morning, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me this morning. And... I do want to talk about that Giants loss as they ended up losing to the first-place Brewers 3-1. to one. Now the Giants are only one and a half games up on the L.A. Dodgers as the Dodgers uh, beat the Braves yesterday 5-2. to two. So not very favorable in the standings. But here is why I came away from that game with more of a positive attitude. And the reason being is because Johnny Cueto was served to start in this game. 
And with Alex Wood, who ended up testing positive for COVID-19, he went on the IL. And then Johnny Cueto, he started feeling some cold symptoms, although he tested negative. But Johnny Cueto was slated to start in this slated to start in this game. And instead, they started off with Jose Alvarez. And Jose Alvarez is a guy that I have been uh, very bullish on. I like Jose Alvarez a lot. I think I, I was calling him the firefighter last week. Whenever he comes in, he doesn't necessarily have to come in for an entire inning. He can come in for one, maybe two outs. But whenever a reliever starts off the inning or a starter starts off the inning by getting runners on base, they normally bring in Jose Alvarez to come clean it up, right? To come fight the fire. And you know what? Speaking of which, don't want to even uh, don't want to even surpass this, but uh, 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 just thoughts out to everyone over there in Tahoe right now, seeing the scenes, the videos yesterday um, that were all posted, and the fire's been going on for a little bit, but uh, just man, knowing that area, enjoying that area, loving being in that area, me personally, it's it's horrifying, and I don't know what the after effects are going to be, but um, you know, I'm sure there are so many ways you can help, and you know, we can go online and search those up. So uh, thoughts of with everybody uh, over there in Tahoe, but look, that's what I was. Call, that's what I was calling Jose Alvarez last week, and instead, in this game against uh, against the Brewers. He started off going one and two-thirds and gave up a couple of earned runs and really didn't look comfortable the entire game. Now, uh, it started off just with Christian Yelich getting a double and then Narvez scoring him right away. It just all happened so quick as the uh, Brewers went up to a one nothing lead. And then in the second inning, as uh, he started off the inning with the walk, Jose Alvarez, that is, Corbin Burns ended up scoring Jace Peterson home with a single of his own when Jace Peterson was on second. So they were down 2 nothing early, and eventually he was taken out of the game and Jay Jackson replaced him. And then uh, Jay Jackson would go off to finish that inning. And then Harleen Garcia came in for three and two-thirds. Didn't give up an earned run, struck out four, gave up a hit, but overall I thought he looked very good. I thought he looked very comfortable. And in my opinion, when I saw those first few winnings go down, the fact that they were just only down two nothing, and they actually had a chance to be in this game, and then Brandon Crawford makes it 2-1 in the seventh. Look, the Giants, they were not in a favorable position yesterday. They were not, yet somehow they managed to hold this team to just three runs, even though they were using the entirety of their bullpen damn near. I mean, how long has it been since we've seen Jay Jackson, Harleen Garcia, Sack Littell, Tony Watson, Dominic Leone, and then Brebia, but you didn't see Tyler Rogers or Jake McGee? It was a bullpen game, and the Giants managed to still stay in it. Plus, there were multiple times in this game where they could have gotten clutch hits. And I'll get to those in just a second. But Gabe Kapler had to speak to this after the game and just said, look, we just didn't execute. What we just saw, obviously, and and, uh, Burns was as good as he he normally is. He's one of the top two or three starting pitchers in baseball. And then we faced, you know, three of the better relievers in baseball. And, and, you know, the bottom line is, Susan, they they just shut us down. Uh, We weren't able to get anything going. And when we were, were able to get a rally here or there, 
uh, we weren't able to capitalize at the end. We did take some good swings. I thought Ruff's uh, ball was blistered to left field. I thought Lamont uh, Wade had some great at-bats. Brent Belt had some great at-bats. But we just weren't really able to, to get anything going like like we normally are. And a team that, that threw some good arms at us beat us tonight. And here's the crazy part, because they threw their best pitchers. Like, that's the best you're going to see. They obviously got Brandon Rudwood. Rudw- Brandon Woodruff as well. Try saying that name 10 times over in a row. But they did throw out uh, Corbin Burns, who has been one of the best pitchers in baseball. A guy who, personally, I hadn't really heard of before this season. I got to be honest. And then he starts out the year... What, going 58 straight batters without even uh, drawing a walk? Like, this dude was on fire. And yesterday, he's just so nasty. That cutter that he has, that backdoor cutter, him going six strong innings, striking out nine, and only giving up an earned run on four hits. And the reason that you only play this dude for... Uh, for six innings is because you have three relievers in the back end of their bullpen in Brad Boxberger, Devin Williams, who was the rookie of the year, and Josh Hader, who we didn't see the last time that the Giants played uh, played the Brewers. And Josh Hader uh, been one of the best closers in baseball for the past uh, three seasons or so. But Corbin Burns looked fantastic. And then here's the thing. Listen to these numbers for those last three relievers for the Brewers. In August, they've combined for a .25 ERA and 55 strikeouts versus seven walks in 36 and two-thirds innings. They have stranded seven of 11 inherited base runners in that span, and we saw that yesterday with Boxberger uh, when Chris Bryant got on base, and then he ended up being held and they didn't get a run out of it. And that was a situation there uh, in the seventh inning where I felt like they could have taken advantage because Brandon Belt starts off the inning with a double. He goes to right field. Avisail Garcia kind of misplays that ball over toward the fence. Then Chris Bryant ends up getting on base, and Brandon Belt goes to third. Brandon Crawford scores Brandon Belt when he hits a single to right, managed to squeak it right in between the first and second baseman. And then Mike Yastrzemski grounds out. And look, Mike Yastrzemski, it feels like this year he's been, you know, he's been hitting home runs. He's been hitting for power. And there's been certain situations um, where he's come through. But, man, in these games, in these ones that really you're not supposed to win, but somehow the bullpen's kept you in it, the lineup needs to be the thing that's going to pick you up. And when... You got the momentum going when you've got Brandon Belt and Chris Bryant and Brandon Crawford all getting on base. You make it a 2-1 lead, and Brad Boxberger comes in uh, to replace Corbin Burns. You got to get a hit somehow, but Mike Yastrzemski ends up only getting the force out. Brandon Crawford's out at second. Then you have runners on first and third, and Alex Dickerson pops out as well to make it two outs. But here's the thing. Here's what got me when Brad Brad Boxberger got into the game. Brandon Crawford, he got the single off of him, but it was just on an 0-1 count. Mike Yastrzemski grounded out into a first out uh, into a force out, but that was the first pitch. Alex Dickerson pops out to the shortstop. That was on the first pitch. Darren Ruff in an 0-1 count. 
Now, granted, he hit the ball really hard, and I actually thought when uh, when he hit that ball to Yelich, I thought that was uh, that was going to be it. I thought they were going to get a couple of runs out of it, but it was an 0-1 count. It seemed like when Boxberger came in in that seventh inning, they just stopped being the Giants team that we know that likes to get their a swing, right? That likes to that likes to wait to their wait for their pitch wait until they get that pitch that they know that they can crush and then they're going to use that to swing but instead i mean they only waited and gave this guy like five pitches in the seventh inning and from there they couldn't come back because as soon as Bro- uh, as soon as boxberger was done then they bring in devin williams and devin williams is one of the na- one of if not the nastiest reliever in the game that airbender pitch that he has it's insanely effective. And then they bring in Josh Hader. So with Corbin Burns, Brad Boxberger, Devin Williams, and Josh Hader, those are the four best guys that the Giants are going to face. And if we are talking about a playoff preview, I thought the Giants held their own in that situation. And that's why I came away from that game uh, with a positive attitude because they shouldn't have been in that situation to win. They really shouldn't have. Now, you know, the Brewers ended up attacking on that insurance run, and Dominic Leone, I mean, he's upped his ERA to one, uh, 1.70 now. But they had every chance to get in that game, and it's not even just uh, it's not even just the seventh inning that I'm looking at. Hell, I'll be even looking at the third inning when Alex Dickerson started off the inning with the double. Then Jason Vossler, you know, he works the count and ends up striking out. Harleen Garcia, you're not you're not going to expect him to do anything. But then Lamont Wade at the end of the third inning. Gets it to a three-two count after going two uh, down one-two early, and had what Dave Fleming deemed to be one of the best at bats of the year, and he ends up just lining out to the first baseman. Like they had chances to get into this ball game when the Brewers played the best of the best, and the fact that the Giants hung on, the fact that the Giants stayed in it. Look, I thought there were a lot of silver linings to that. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. Steven and Hercules, you were able to hold that yes, sir, for only so long in the mornings now. Love it, bro. Hey, it, look, it just depends on the morning. It just depends on the morning. Sometimes I just want to take up time. I can just do the entire hour just with the yes, sir, if you want. <laughs> up until the first commercial break, it'll just be a yes, sir for 15 minutes straight. No breaks. Not even going to take a breath. (laughs) But coming up next, I do want to get to um, the updates from Gabe Kapler because... He did have an injury update yesterday that he wanted to 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 bring uh, by us. So uh, we heard from Gabe Kapler, plus some more news um, with Alex Wood testing positive for COVID nineteen. We'll get to all that next. Stephen Lankford in on the pregame show, ninety five seven. The game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Want to have some fun later on in the show because we do have some serious business to get to with the Giants and what happened yesterday, um, as well as Gabe Kapler giving it an update on Tommy LaStella. Uh, but later on in the show, I want to know from you, if you're a fantasy football player, who are your sleepers on the 49ers? Who would be the guy on this team that you would take late in the draft? We know George Kittle. Everyone's going to be picking George Kittle as soon as they can because tight ends are very thin in the uh, in fantasy, even though they are thick with two Cs in real life. But the tight end position is real thin in fantasy football, so obviously you're going to be taking George Kittle. You know, Raheem Mostert. And Trey Sermon, probably going to take him at some point. But who would be your sleepers from this 49ers team? And hell, I'll add the Raiders into it as well, um, since we still have some Raider fans. If anything was shown from that game over the weekend, there are still some Raider fans here in the Bay Area. So we will get to that later on in the program, as well as what Kyle Shanahan had to say about uh, cutting down to the 53-man roster. And I actually, um, I really like his approach to it. So we'll get to that uh, a little later on in the program. But Gabe Kapler, now, in, just in case you missed it, here's a quick recap. Here's a 30-second recap of what we did in the first segment. Ultimately, in that 3-1 loss, I came away... Not saying the sky is falling, not saying, you know, the Giants are in trouble. I came away from that game with a positive mindset. Now, granted, they're only up one and a half games. The Dodgers gained a game after beating the Braves 5-2 to two yesterday. And look, the standings aren't looking too pretty right now. And really, I do want the Giants to win the National League West, and I think they should win the National League West if they want to do anything in the playoffs. I don't want to leave it to a wild card. I don't want to leave it to that uh, first-round elimination before they get to the division series. I don't want that. I think they need to win the NL West, and it's crucial. But the fact that the Brewers threw out Corbin Burns and the three-headed monster in those relievers in Boxberger, Devin Williams, and Josh Hader, who just don't give up any runs at all, they barely have in the month of August, I thought that the Giants kept in the game and managed to give themselves a chance to win. They just came up short because they didn't uh, execute in the, uh, well, really the seventh inning was the last one, but also in the third inning as well. That was a lot longer than 30 seconds, but you get the picture. And the other reason being is because Johnny Cueto was slated to get the start. And instead, Jose Alvarez, 
who normally comes in in the fifth, sixth, seventh innings when runners are on base and you need a guy to get a quick uh, one or two outs, uh, you know, when you're going a lefty against a lefty. Jose Alvarez uh, has been fantastic this season. Started off a little slow, but really ever since the month of June, he's just been a lights-out reliever. And he didn't look comfortable in the beginning of the game. Just didn't. You know, started off with runners on base. He's not used to that. He's normally coming in already with runners on, and he knows the situation. And I can't imagine what the mindset is as a reliever when you've been playing. My goodness, I always do this, but how many games are we at now? We're at 131. Having played 131 games, I couldn't imagine what it's like being a reliever when you know that you are the guy who's going to be in in the middle of the game, but instead you get told early on in the day, oh, wait, we're going to need you to start because Johnny Cueto is out. Now, Johnny Cueto is out uh, with a, with cold symptoms, tested negative for uh, COVID-19, whereas Alex Wood, who would have eventually started in this series, tested positive for COVID-19. And... The fact that Johnny Cueto didn't play in this game and how the Giants, their their bullpen, managed to keep them in it and Dominic Leone was the only one who ended up giving up a run after Jose Alvarez, and that was all the way till the eighth inning. They kept them in it, and the lineup should have done their part and stepped up. But uh, Gabe Kapler spoke after the game because one guy that wasn't in the lineup was Tommy LaStella, and you saw... Jason Vossler over there at second base. He got a couple of at-bats in this game. Um, Hadn't seen him in a while. Barely even remembered he was still on the roster. But uh, Tommy LaStella was the guy that was missing. And here's what Gabe Kapler had to say regarding Tommy LaStella and where he's at. Some left left side tightness. Uh, We tried to get him ready for for the game uh, today. Weren't able to do that. Uh, Weren't able to get him ready to play off the bench. So we'll check in with him after the game and and see where we are. We want to protect him long-term like we do all of our players. And, you know, we were able to get uh, Chris Bryant through his little side tightness. And it took us a couple of days, but we got there and he came out looking really good tonight. As you saw, he also swung the bat well tonight. And um, we'll try to do the same for Tommy, give him the same level of respect we gave Chris. Hell is happening back there. <laughs> what What is... What is uh, Gabe Kapler doing a doing a press conference from Santa's workshop trying to talk about something serious here, but someone is just hammering something in the background? Some left left side tightness. Uh, we tried to get him ready for, for the game uh, today. We weren't able to do that. Uh, we weren't able to get him ready to play off the bench. So we'll check in with him after the game and, and see where we are. We want to protect him long term like we do all of our players. And you know, we were able to get uh, Chris Bryant through his little – side tightness and it took us a couple of days but we got there and he came out looking really good tonight as you saw he also swung the bat well tonight and um <laughs> we'll try to do the same for tommy we'll give him the same level of respect we gave chris I mean, I mean, how does this? how does gabe kapler manage to keep his composure and just hey, can you keep it down for just five seconds while i give an update on these injuries please stop hammering whatever you're hammering back there Shout out to you, Gabe Kapler, for keeping the composure. But Tommy LaStella did not play in this game. And, um, you know, he was activated to this team on August 4th. And really, he hadn't played since the beginning of May. He went on the 60-day IL really early on in the season. And 
quite frankly, Tommy LaStella became a player that was, uh, I think, forgotten about uh, with a lot of Giants fans. Whenever we were talking about coming back from injury, all these new players and everything like that, Tommy LaStella was one of those guys where it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot he was in the lineup. But right now, he's proven to be one of the most important players on this Giants roster. Of course, you got the Buster Posies who you need uh, to keep healthy. Uh, Brandon Crawford is obviously one. Uh, Just the two guys that are the MVP candidates for the team and some of the best hitters in the National League at their respective positions. Yeah, you need those guys to remain healthy. But when he's talking about Chris Bryan, and thankfully Chris Bryan actually uh, uh, played in this game yesterday because Dave Fleming was on the morning roast yesterday, and when they asked him about Chris Bryan and where his injury was at, the prognosis for it, he said that if Chris Bryan doesn't, if you don't see him by Thursday's game, by the fourth game of this series, the last game of this series against the Brewers, then you know something uh, isn't right. But in the end, he uh, went two for four yesterday. Now, granted, he had a couple of strikeouts in uh, big spots, but uh, Chris Bryan, I thought, looked good. But Tommy Listella, the fact that he's a utility guy, Donovan Solano tested positive for COVID-19 back in New York and is still in quarantine. You need this guy to remain healthy for the remainder of the season and going into September. You can't have any empty spots on the, in this lineup. You need to remain strong one through nine because that's what's kept them dangerous for a majority of the season is... You know, even though Lamont Wade is hitting 246, he's going to give you good at bats. Like, I-, I wonder how many of these games Lamont Wade goes 0 for 3, but you also see him working it deep into account like he did um, with two outs in the third inning when he got when he got it to a 3-2 count after starting off 1-2. But he goes 0 for 3, has a walk and a strikeout in this one. Buster Posey, Brandon Belt, Brandon Belt, um, who has been hitting okay in the month of August. And, you know, him just making his return, he goes two for four yesterday, leading off an inning with a double, uh, possibly starting um, some runs there. Chris Bryant looked good. Brandon Crawford. Mike Yastrzemski only hitting 220 this season. You need him to come through um, in the bigger spots. He had a couple of uh, opportunities yesterday with runners on base. Um, there was actually three runners left on base in his at-bats as he went 0 for 4. But then Alex Dickerson went 1 for 3, and then Jason Vossler comes in. Now, when these other guys are cold, when you know when it's everyone besides the 3, 4, 5 hitters who um, need to step up, you need Listella in the lineup. And the fact that he can play multiple positions turns out that um, that – He's one of the more important guys going forward uh, for this roster because you just need to keep that lineup intact. You don't want another spot where you just got to bring in, uh, you know, a hitter from the minor leagues, a guy who you, you didn't really expect to continue to be on this team. And you know that's why it was surprising seeing Jason Vossler yesterday in this game. I'm just thinking, really, wow. And he struck out a couple of times. Um, look, I thought. Overall, that game was a possible playoff preview, and the Giants did very well uh, to stick with it. But also, why does it have to be now that COVID-19 plays a role with this team? They've done a very good job of combating this pandemic. 
just as a team alone. And, you know, baseball in 2020, it started to get strange, didn't it? When teams like the the Marlins were damn near ready to use an entire minor league team if uh, if if it outbreaks continued to occur. I believe it happened with the Phillies as well last year. Um, but you never really heard anything too much with the Giants. And now with Donovan Solano testing positive and Alex Wood testing positive. Now we're all in this together, obviously. It's just not just it's not just a team, but I am focusing on the Giants at this moment. It's just to do what they've done to get to this point where they're 84 and 47 on the season and you actually have a chance to make it to the playoffs when nobody expected you to. And now COVID-19 is starting to play a role. I mean, this is just as big of a test as it's been all year, even with all the injuries that struck the Giants at uh, at one point uh, during August and hell, even before August. You know, everything, all of the hurdles that they've had to that they've had to climb over to get to this point in the season, and they're continuing to run the marathon. And it's like you're on the twentieth mile, and then you know, real life starts to hit the team. It's just. I mean, if this happens, if this is the reason why they go down in the month of September, <sighs> going to be tough. Now, granted, um, we'll see what happens with Alex Wood. Um, you know, appears to be um, okay at this point. Not sure what's going to happen with uh, Johnny Cueto either, but I do know that it threw a wrench into their plans yesterday. And, you know, that's why you had Jose Alvarez starting this game when I can guarantee you that he didn't expect uh, to start this game. But... Look, they got three more games against the Brewers tonight, and I am not, or excuse me, not tonight, but they got three more games against the Brewers. They got one tonight, and it just, it doesn't get any easier from here. The Brewers are throwing out Brandon Woodruff, who has an 8-7 and seven record, and he has a 2.38 ERA. The Giants still haven't announced who their starter is going to be, because I believe uh, that it was going to be Alex Wood. Um, but it doesn't get any, any easier from here, and let's just see if they can remain in these games because, I'll be honest, the Giants, they're starting to look tired as well. They're, 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 they're starting to really look uh, – they're starting to really look like that this, you know, this – this latest stretch without any breaks um, is really starting to uh, starting to get to them a little bit, and it doesn't get any easier when you got these series against the Brewers and the Dodgers this weekend, and then you got the uh, the set over in Colorado at Coors Field uh, later on. Doesn't get any doesn't get much easier uh, from here for the San Francisco Giants. They got they're going against the Brewers while the A's are going up against the Tigers tonight. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But coming up next, triple eight nine five seven nine five seven. Zero. That's the text line and the phone number. I like to keep it local here, but for fantasy football, I want to know from you, who are your sleeper picks? Let's just say you're in a league and you're a 49er or a Raider fan, depending on uh, what side of the coin you're on. But if you're a 49er or a Raider fan, who's that one player you're taking in your league that no one else is going to take and you're going to take him in the late round and you know that he could have uh, a good season? Who is that fantasy sleeper for you from your team that you're a fan of? It doesn't even just have to be the 49ers or the Raiders. It could be anybody because that happens, right? When we get to the last rounds and, you know, guys are just really on autopilot. They're just choosing whoever. But you're like, oh, I know of somebody on my team. 
that is going to make an impact this year and could be good to stash away on the bench just in case I need him. Who is that guy? Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. We'll get to that. Plus, what Kyle Shanahan had to say regarding Trey Lance and his injury. We'll be right back. Stephen Lankford in on the pregame show, ninety five seven. The game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Good morning, everybody. Stephen Langford in with you. 95.7 The Game. Thank you so much for tuning in, making not only this show, but this station a part of your morning. And again... I'll mention um, sauce are just going out to everybody in Tahoe, anyone who has family there, anyone who vacations there. Just seeing, you know, the images, the videos that have surfaced uh, out of there, not only just from this weekend, but also from yesterday, Um, you know, all the firefighters and all the first responders, everybody that's uh, doing work out there. It's just seeing those pictures, man, it's horrifying. And, you know, the fact that Tahoe is um, for me, it's it's one of those hidden gems here. Uh, in California, you know, it's um, whenever somebody, for example, whenever I was in whenever I was in Chico State and uh, people were enthralled if they, you know, weren't from the Bay Area or they weren't from Southern California, because I actually lived with some people who were more from um, way part of Northern California. I lived with some people who were from Redding and uh, they're like, dude, what's up with why is there some sort of, you know, battle between Bay Area people and SoCal people, and then you know they get offended that we didn't bring them up within the NorCal conversation, and then I and then they'd be like, "What's your argument?" And I'd be, I'd just say, "Well, Tahoe, we got Tahoe. It's close to us, and it's one of just it's one of the best places to go." And you know, just seeing all of that yesterday and seeing it just stem from the weekend um it 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 really stinks and i'm hoping to find uh you know a way to help out and you know and and you know promote it to you guys but uh you know just awful seeing that uh uh, yesterday and over the weekend so uh, just keeping everyone in our thoughts here not only just me and the pregame show but um also just i think i could speak for everybody at 95.7 the game when i do say that but there's no easy way to transition, and uh, I want to know from you at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. That's the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. I don't know what team you're a fan of. I don't know if you're a Forty Nine er fan. I don't know if you're a Raider fan. Apparently, I'm getting some Jaguars fans, maybe a Saints fan here. But I want to know from you at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero at the text line or the phone number. Who are some of these? fantasy sleepers that you're going with this year it's fantasy draft time and luckily your commissioners get one more week off and instead of holding this thing till the end of preseason week four or before preseason week four then you end up drafting all of your players and then 
Come to find out in week four of the preseason, one of those guys possibly gets hurt uh, for some reason if the coach is playing them. Um, so, you know, fantasy drafts around this time, probably good that you have uh, a week off here. But I want to know from you at 888-957-9570, who's a player on your team, I don't care who you're a fan of, that you're going to take later on in the draft, in those l- final rounds where, you know, everyone's kind of in a lull. You're hoping to steal somebody, or you may not even you may not even use them, but you know that this guy on your player is going to be good. Like for example, me being a Raider fan, you know for a fact that I've been going for Hunter Renfro uh, in the later rounds whenever I can. You know now he's a little more well known, so people pick him up. But uh, to be on his bench, he's a good piece to have as a wide receiver to be on the bench. But I want to know from you at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero, who is your Hunter Renfro this year? If you have one, who's that late final round fantasy sleeper that nobody's talking about that you are going to draft every time? I want to know from you. Reveal your secrets to me. Would love to know them. Because from the 510, already getting Marvin Jones Jr. from the Jags. Very interested to see that. You know, Trevor Lawrence looked like he had a connection with him over uh, over there in Jacksonville. Adam Troutman, tight end for the New Orleans Saints. And then also from the 510, who that say going to beat them Saints? That's not a fantasy sleeper that I'm talking about. <laughs> That's not a fantasy sleeper that I'm talking about. But while those work their way in and we're going to see the final 53-man roster, um, uh, uh, the final 53-man rosters finalized today because I do like what uh, Shanahan had to say about it. But he did mention the injuries from the weekend. And he spoke yesterday, as coaches do, the day after every single game, game being on Sunday. So Kyle Shanahan spoke yesterday to the media. Here's what he had to say regarding the injuries from over the weekend. Guys, injuries from the game. Uh, Travis Benjamin still in the protocol. Um, Sean Coleman ended up having a tricep strain. He should be out a while. We ended up getting more imaging on Trey. He ended up having a small um, chip on his finger, so he's going to be out about seven days. So there's a chip in his finger. Then Kyle Shanahan continued and detailed what he's talking about with this chip in Trey Lance's finger. It wasn't bothering him much because he just thought it was jammed on that helmet. And then when you get all the images on it, there's microchip of a bone that's off. He chipped it, which is a small chip fracture, which is worse than a jam. Uh, that's why it's not going to just heal on its own without taking him. I mean, he can't take snaps and do all that stuff right now. So we just got arrested for seven days, they say, and that should be a, make it heal. And hopefully he'll be good next Monday when we get into practice. So when I saw this yesterday, and when I saw that happen on uh, over the weekend on Sunday when Trey Lance tried throwing the ball and then, you know, he ends up getting jammed and the, the player's helmet goes into his finger and then he starts holding his hand as soon as the play was over but uh, remains in the game. Um, here's my whole take on it. Sure, it, it it may hinder some things that he's doing, but now there is, in my opinion... Like I always was saying throughout this throughout this entirety of training camp, throughout the preseason, like I think you should, barring any injury, I think you should start Trey Lance. Like I, I want them to start Lance. I, I really do. I, I mean, everyone is, you know, 
hyping up Jimmy Garoppolo, and I understand what everyone's talking about. The experience took him to a Super Bowl in 2019, but I just didn't see the same quarterback when he was on the field in 2020 as I saw in 2019, and so many things have to go right um, for this team this year in order to I, I know they got the Super Bowl roster but when you you're telling me Jimmy Garoppolo is your starting quarterback I'm not as high as some people on him being the starting quarterback that can lead him to a Super Bowl and I know the argument rookies don't lead you know rookies don't lead teams to Super Bowls blah 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 but they've come close they have come close Just because there's nothing on record about anyone who's won, they've come damn close to a Super Bowl, and I think Trey Lance could have been that guy. But I don't see it happening anytime soon with this microchip in, in his finger. When he's had issues this preseason, we've seen a lot of good. We've seen a lot of good, but we have the issues have, you know, they've showed themselves uh, this year. And, you know, whether it's maybe throwing the ball a little too hard on crossing routes when guys are 5 to 10 yards away and you know they just can't seem to catch it. We did see some accuracy issues as well. And when it comes to the finger, the pointer finger, I'm not going to act like I'm some sort of doctor, but luckily the the morning roast is going to be having a doctor, Dr. Narav Pandya, uh, who's going to be coming up in about an hour with the morning roast. So stick around to, uh, for that to find out way more details. But I've seen this happen before where, for example, Derek Carr in 2016, he hit his finger off of a Panthers, uh, Carolina Panthers helmet, and his pinky was facing the other way. His pinky looked like Brian Baldinger, and Brian Baldinger also uh, going to be joining the morning roast coming up today as well. Damn. That's how you that's how you plug guests right there. But Derek Carr's pinky was looking like one of Brian Baldinger's pinkies, right? And if you know if you've seen it, don't look right. <laughs> right? It looks looks out of place. And I saw Derek Carr come back into that game and still the Raiders were able to win that one 35 to 32. And there are a lot of things to go right in that game. It was the game where Khalil Mack had a, a pick six when the Panthers were on their own, I think like 10 yard line. They were, uh, they were, they were way downfield. Um, but look, in the end, Quarterbacks can come back from this. They can. It's nothing to really worry about. It's not like it's a a back issue or something that was that wasn't forced, an unforced injury, you know, that has to do with the muscle. It's nothing like that. When I saw this, when I saw it being a forced injury, this is just a part of football. You know, this is what you're going to experience as a quarterback. Sometimes you're going to be getting a helmet into the finger. You ever had a helmet to the hands before? It hurts. I mean, you know, as a guy who played football and a guy who played a lot of scout team, I tended to get I tended to get tackled a lot, right? Because I was that guy that the starting offense had to practice on or the starting defense had to practice on, you know? I was playing fullback. If you see me, I am not built like a fullback. And sometimes they'd make me go in with a run. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd get hit, and guys will be putting their helmets right into your hand trying to get you to fumble the football. Like, this is just a part of it. And it doesn't worry me that much going into the season because looks like Garoppolo or Kyle Shanahan's made up his mind. Although I do know this. I do know this. There is no way that you're using the dual quarterback system right now. No way. You can't, you can't roll that out week one against a team like the Detroit Lions who... Man, 
if I look at, you know, if, I, if I'm looking at Dan Campbell and the way that he's been talking at his press conferences, knowing the type of guy he is, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions are playing a little reckless. <laughs> like, like playing as if they have nothing to lose besides a week one game because they know their season isn't really going anywhere. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I am not putting in Trey Lance at all in week one, hell, or even week two. We'll see what happens in week three when they're going up against the Packers and maybe you want to throw something different at them. But there's no way in hell if I'm Kyle Shanahan and I already see that he's got the microchip uh, on his finger. It sounds like a... It was a Skynet from Terminator 2. But when he's got this microchip fracture in his finger, there's no chance that I'm even putting him in. And trying to risk that injury and sustain it even more because... Look, what do you know? As a quarterback, you need your hands and you need your fingers. You need the phalanges to be intact. Is that even using it in the proper in the proper term? I don't know. <laughs> but but like, look, I'm just saying. You know what? Let me look that up real quick. Phalanges. Just want to make sure that I got it right. Okay, cool. The phalanges are the bones in the fingers. Boom. All right, we're correct. We're all good. We're giving you some accurate information. But if his phalange, until his phalanges, these are the most important phalanges on the 49ers roster. Trey Lance's phalanges are the ones that we're going to be paying attention to. The phalanges. <laughs> so stupid. But look, I think he could come back from this. I'm not really too worried about it. And from what Kyle Shanahan was saying, he thinks he could be coming back from next week, uh, for next week, or by next week. But I just don't think um, there's any point in them even trying to put him in in a regular season game for now until he's 100% fully ready to go. And especially if you want him, uh, you know, not only just being that dual quarterback who can, uh, or that dual threat quarterback who can run, but you need him to be able to throw the football at times if he is going to be coming into the game. There's no point in putting him in these first two weeks, in my opinion. There's absolutely no point. But again, 888-957-9570, as we'll talk about the finalized 53-man roster. Uh, but Kyle Shanahan, um, I want to know from you, first off, your fantasy sleepers. Guys who you're choosing in the late to final rounds, I want to know from you at 888-957-9570. You know, if you're a 49er or a Raider fan, who's that guy that you're taking that nobody else is even thinking about in your league? The guy that you're excited to take, the guy that you're going to have your eye on. I want to know from you at 888-957-9570. But first off, Kyle Shanahan gave a very detailed answer yesterday in his meeting with the media, talking about picking a a quarterback with the best chance to win versus developing a quarterback there's a couple things to it but if that's why i try to make it start with what gives you the best chance to win and that's kind of what you owe to an organization that's that's what you owe to your building that's what you owe to all the, the players and coaches on the team who are grinding every single week and whether it's players whether it's coaches whether it's personnel people i mean you do what you can to win and if you're not i don't feel like you're being fair to people i mean I always try to look at everything as wins and losses. And so you always try to think of when it's your decision, hey, what helps us win and keep it there? At the same time, I get spinning the draft picks to get a young quarterback and you got to do what's right for that guy too. And what has, I think, been tough on Trey is he didn't get to play football all last year. All right, so regardless of what happens, I'm always trying to 
make sure that Trey doesn't go a whole nother year without playing football. We're going to make sure that we do what's best for him, getting him reps on the on the practice field, hopefully in games too, and we'll see how this all pans out. But my order of thinking always starts with what's best for this organization, what gives organization the best chance to win, and then after that, I'm I'm always thinking of the individual. And you know where I'm at um, with Shanahan here, and you know where I'm at with this giving Lance a chance to develop. I am going to use this, and this is just me personally, and I'm, I'm giving you a little insight into my football watching life here for the next couple of seasons. But I am very curious to see how the development for Lance works out this year if, say, Jimmy Garoppolo does start all uh, 17 games. I do wonder that because, look, this is unprecedented. You know, we, we didn't have that season in, in 2020, didn't have much with Trey Lance. All we had to look back on was 2019, right? We weren't really watching film from 2020. And quite frankly, last year was just so debilitating and just so frustrating that everything that was going on with college football for me, I wasn't really paying attention to it too much because... I'm seeing stadiums packed with fans, even though this pandemic still had gotten started. We hadn't even gotten a vaccine yet. Like, I was frustrated with college football last season, and I was barely paying attention to what was going on there, whether teams were playing, you know, learning toward the end that Pac-12 teams, some of them barely played any games, if at all. Somehow they managed to have a national championship. Like, there was there was a lot that went into last season. But one thing for me, and, and I think this can be for a lot of people, but I think this season and seeing how you develop a quarterback like Trey Lance, not having him on the field, if Garoppolo goes as a starter for the entirety of the season, like how will that look for a quarterback if they've taken essentially two seasons off? How will that look? I don't think a lot of people um, really know. Just because we haven't experienced it and haven't experienced a season like it was last year where a lot of it was canceled. Like, at least with these quarterbacks that we're talking about now, you know, everyone that Trey Lance is being compared to and every comparison that's thrown my way as far as quarterbacks being developed, whether it's, you know, Patrick Mahomes is the number one guy, Aaron Rodgers is the other one sitting behind Brett Favre waiting for him. The difference between Trey Lance and a lot of these other quarterbacks is. You know, Trey Lance didn't play last season, and I wonder if that'll make a difference. A lot of people just think, nah, it won't. It won't. If you're, if you're, if you're just, if you're sitting him this season, you're retroactively sitting him for two uh, full seasons. Nah, it's not going to have much of an effect on him. But I do wonder if it will. And I'm very curious to see how that works. If you don't put him on the field as much, if if Shanahan was just fooling everybody in that game against the Raiders and just throwing the dual quarterback system out there in that opening drive just to just to troll everybody, and we don't see Trey Lance as much, I do wonder what it's going to be like with two seasons off the field because I don't think that anybody knows. I don't think anybody knows. Any of these analysts, any experts, whoever it is, um, you know, they're just saying, no, nah, it's not going to make a difference. But I don't really buy that. I don't really buy that. Going to be a big, uh, going to be a big learning uh, couple of seasons uh, as we move on here with Trey Lance. It's, it's just, it's so fascinating. It really is uh, the debacle going on between uh, him and Jimmy Garoppolo. But I wanted to know from you at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. 
Who are your sleepers for this season for fantasy football? I want to know, taking in the later rounds, you know, the final rounds when everyone's kind of fallen asleep, so to speak, for lack of a better term, whenever, when everyone's in a lull in this fantasy draft, I want to know from you, who are your sleepers in this one? I want to know from you. First off, let's do this. All right, we got some music. Now, I got one from the 49ers, and I got one from the Raiders as well. Now, I'll start off with my one from the Raiders. Now, my one from the Raiders, not. It's this guy, not very well known. Well, I guess you can you can put these two as 1A and 1B. Um, Hunter Renfro has been that guy for me, who I've always drafted in the later rounds, the final rounds toward the end of the draft, just because no one really knew about Hunter Renfro. And, you know, I knew that he was going to be a third down receiver that they'd go to a lot. And since they're always in, you know, third down, uh, uh, third down situations, since John Gruden just likes to uh, really matriculate the ball down the field in short doses, try to get those chunk plays if they can. I knew Hunter Renfro was going to be getting a lot of run. So that was normally my guy. But if I'm a Raider fan and I'm in a draft who not a lot of people know much about the Raiders, number one, 1A, is Brian Edwards. The fact that he hadn't taken many snaps in this preseason and what he was showing, John Gruden giving him comparisons to T.O. <laughs> Already giving him comparisons there. It's just like, all right, ease up on that. But 1A would be Brian Edwards and 1B would be Foster Moreau, the backup to Darren Waller. Everyone's so hyper-focused on Darren Waller. I mean, hell, if you've already drafted, you could probably pick up Foster Moreau in some of your uh, in some of your waiver wire leagues. So those two would be the ones from the Raiders. And the one for me from the 49ers, it's also the backup tight end to George Kittle. I think Ross Dwelly, I don't think stashing him, if you have an extra spot, is bad to take. But my main guy... And I wonder what's going to happen with the wide receiver core here. I do think that Jalen Hurd um, is going to be making the team. But the one sleeper that I take, it's not Mohamed Sanu. And it's not Trent Sherfield. But my guy's going to be Jawan Jennings. I think Jawan Jennings, uh, going into his second season, I think he has a lot to prove. And when he gets his chances... I think there's going to be a time later on in the year when Jawan Jennings is going to be a good player to have that you wish you had uh, on the waiver, the waiver wire. But I am getting a ton here from the 408. Tony C. in San Jose, Cortland Sutton, Curtis Samuel, Chase Edmonds, and eyeballing Serban in the first round of the rookie. Your draft is Saturday from the 916. Robbie Gold from the 209. Brian Edwards from Vegas. We got a couple of uh, Brian Edwards here. <laughs> Where is this? For the 925. Trey Lance is going to be a bust. Accuracy isn't there. Gets happy feet when the pocket collapses and throws a duck. A little too soon to just be calling a guy a bust, isn't it? And you know the reason that I'm doing this, right? You understand the reason I'm doing this fantasy sleeper thing? It's because I'm terrible at fantasy drafts, and I actually need your help. I'm doing it for the benefit of me. I'm being super selfish right now. I have my eyes on a couple of guys, but you never know. You never know if there's some other names that can be thrown out there. I got some Adam Troutman also from a couple of numbers here. Very fascinating to see what's going to be happening. But look, we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. 
Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.